I'm Angela Kelly Robeck, host of the Empowered Principal Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. You cannot teach what you don't practice. Mm-hmm. And if we're not practicing our own emotional regulations, our own managing of our own relationships, our own self-awareness, we cannot possibly teach it to kids. So I, I like to think of that as like a relieving a little bit of pressure. Um, take the, the, the focus off of your students and put it on yourself. And I, I think that's the best thing that we can do for, for ourselves and for our classrooms. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. You know, during my 12-year teaching career, it seemed like there was always something throwing off my lesson plans, mindset, or goals. And when I began to burn out and tried to talk about it, all I heard was join the club, go for a walk, have a glass or three of wine. This is just the way it is. The current challenges you're facing, distance learning, new technologies, higher expectations, discipline issues, a personal crisis, a global pandemic, All of these challenges make your everyday life seem unmanageable. Until now. Teacher Burnout has been hacked and the book is here. In Hacking Teacher Burnout, I share my eight-step process that shines a light on burnout as an opportunity for growth and change. And in it, I empower you to become burned in. A fulfilled, happy, efficient, and effective teacher in the classroom and in life. You'll learn the steps you can take to take action steps based on your burnout type. Feel ready for the next challenge. Thrive, not just survive, personally and professionally. Feel ready for and learn how to grow through your burnout and so much more. Hacking Teacher Burnout is here and ready for you to order on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. So go check it out or go to hackingteacherburnout.com to learn more and place a bulk order for your staff. Take a deep breath because you're about ready to do something big for your burnout. Burn on. Well, hello there, Burned In Teachers. How you doing? Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 80 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. Gosh, can you believe episode 80? This is one part burnout and all other parts, action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. And the day that this episode airs, we have crossed the two-year mark of the Burned In Teacher podcast being a real thing out there in the world. And I'm so extremely grateful to everybody who has been listening, whether you just, this is your first episode that you've ever listened to, or if you've listened to all 80 episodes, I'm so grateful that you're here. Today, I'm going to share with you another interview that I did before the COVID-19 crisis in the United States, before the quarantine. I did this interview 
at the very end of February of 2020. And I'm so excited to share it with you because it's the perfect episode to follow last week's episode, which was all about rethinking and reframing our everyday challenges. So today I'm going to share with you my interview with Aaron and Dave Tashian. They are the mindful educators, and I found them on Instagram last spring or last late winter, and I knew that I had to have them on the podcast because they bring to light a lot of things that have been new to me as I've been on my own burned-in journey, and in this interview, they're going to share their experiences with teacher burnout in their own lives. They have taught for more than 25 years. Um, Aaron, at the point of this interview, was still in the classroom. And Dave was a school counselor. They share in this interview their daily efforts to be more mindful in their own lives and how they're working hard to help other educators to be more mindful as well. They believe in focusing on educators first so that mindful teachers can then help their students to also be more mindful of their daily work. I'm so excited for you to listen. And honestly, if you have heard, you know, all of the buzz around being mindful and focusing on the present moment and checking in with yourself. What I love about this interview is that Aaron and Dave are going to share with you their practical experiences with being mindful in their daily personal lives as well as in the classroom. I also want to make sure that you know that they have their own podcast called The Mindful Educators Podcast. They run this podcast together as a married couple and not only in this interview, but on their podcast, they are just full of energy. They they have fun together. They are very real, very vulnerable. And I know you're going to enjoy their podcast if you listen to it on your own. And I know you're going to enjoy this interview. These two are just good people. You can just tell. So without further ado, let's check in on this interview with Aaron and Dave Tashian. All right, I am here with the Mindful Educator podcast hosts, Dave and Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Burned In Teacher podcast. Oh, thanks for having us. We're happy right. to be here. Yes. So tell us a little bit about you. I've done a little background checking on you and, and seeing what it is that you two do, but tell our listeners a little bit about you. Okay, no, I'll go first. Is that right? Oh, yes. Maybe I should address. Yeah, yeah, this is the first everything. time that I've had two people that are in the same room. I'm interviewing them at the same time. So this is going to be a learning experience. <laughs> for, for everybody, for That's us great. too. So if we talk over each other, it's because we're probably not used. <laughs> we're not usually. It's just you stay and I'll talk. Um, so a little bit about uh, myself. So I am, uh, I've been teaching for 31 years. I'm currently a middle school English teacher, eighth grade is the, where I'm at right now. I have um, taught every grade from second to eighth. Uh, I was one of those teachers that loved to move around because it helped, kept me from getting burned out. Uh -huh. um, and uh, let's see, I'm also a yoga teacher, a children's yoga teacher. I'm a mom and a friend and a teacher and all of the things that everybody else is. Um, and you know, I'm just gonna leave it there. That's a little in bit about podcast. me. Oh, and then for you know, obviously, yeah, as you can yeah. tell in our podcast, um, we're super passionate about mindful awareness and mindfulness and how it can support and relate to teachers. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to talk about that. We're gonna dive deep into how you got started and all of that here in a little bit. Sure. So, Dave, tell us a little bit about you. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I've been in education for 25 years, kind of like Aaron. Uh, I've jumped around a little, not necessarily by, well, I guess by schools. And, and what I mean by that is uh, I started my career, the beginning was the first um, eight years were in a high school setting. And then the next 16 years was in a middle school setting. And a brand new position opened up in my district in the elementary school level um, for a school counselor at an elementary school. So I've gone from teacher to counselor, and now I'm still in the counseling role. So I've bounced around. I've seen, you know, K through 12, um, which has been a great experience. Different, you know, working with parents at that level, students with that level, teachers at that level. I've, you know, I feel like I'm able to say that I've seen education from the beginning to the end. Cool. That's yeah. just nice. I was going to say, you both have such a wide breadth of experience in school. Oh, thanks. And I think that's that's that says a lot about you and you respecting your own desires and needs, you know, as far as staying burned in and and not burning yourselves out. So, I'd love to ask you, you know, now that we know a little bit about your background and we're definitely definitely going to talk about your mindful awareness practices that you do now, mm-hmm. um, especially with the podcast and in your own classrooms and in your own school. Um, but I I have to ask have you ever experienced burnout yourself? Because in the spirit of the Burn In Teacher podcast, I would love for you to share maybe an experience that you had yourself and how it is that you came out of it on the other end. Yeah, I, I mean, Amber, that's a big question, but I feel like I've experienced burned out, being burned out a lot in my career. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I've done at different points in my life. There have been different things that have brought me back to being burned in. But I think that when I was a a new teacher, I I remember vividly being like seven years in and I actually took a leave of absence, left teaching for a a year um, to do a little bit of, you know, work in the fitness industry. And that was the first time that I remember, you know, really being unsure whether or not I could keep teaching. Tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, did that, obviously you came back and now you've been in it for another 23 years. So. What mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. Uh, what brought you to the decision to take a leave of absence? That's a that's a very bold move, but a very smart one as well. How did you come to that decision? I think that I was in a school which I loved, and I loved a lot of people that I worked with, and I loved the the. It was an elementary school, and I loved. I was super passionate. I had a, an administrator that was uh, someone who who pushed, and and she pushed in a way that made me better but not everybody responded to that push as, you know, as positively. And the environment, I think, of the school turned quickly very negative. Mm -hmm. And I had a hard time at, I mean, I was like 29 years old, 30 years old. I had a very hard time navigating those minefields of negativity without it impacting me. And um, I found that I was changing myself. And I'm typically a pretty positive glass half full kind of person. And I, I just, I knew that I was changing and I wasn't feeling the same. I was great in my classroom, but I was just having a hard time managing, you know, union relationships, teacher relationships, the relationships with my educate, uh, with my administration, and then dealing with my kids and parents. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't able to keep all those balls in the air the way um, I can now because I have different tools. I was definitely going to connect that. Let me go back to the, my original question then. What caused you to come back? That's a good question. I think, you know, I miss teaching. I really did. I miss teaching. And um, I felt that what I was doing at the time was I was doing personal training. And I loved that too. It's a different form of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought maybe coming back, I was going to find my way into phys ed um, and maybe go back to school to do that. 
Um, but I, I really missed being with kids. I love, I always knew I wanted to work with kids and that really was what I think brought me back. That's fantastic. So Dave, can you tell us about a time or, or maybe you didn't experience a time of burnout, but have you ever experienced it and what did you do to bring yourself out of it? So I don't, I'm not sure I have a particular, like that one aha moment when it, when it happened. Um, and we could probably talk a little bit more about how I think the awareness piece has helped me actually notice it, yeah, notice it a little bit more and again, mm-hmm. start to have tools to combat it. But um, what I was able to do is, and it was probably through the advice of, you know, as a new teacher with um, uh, veteran teachers, we like to call them, which Erin and I are now, so it's <laughs> a politically correct term. No, we're uh, old teacher, we're no, veteran no. teachers. And, and they, they basically told me like the idea of, you know, you're in your first or second year, to create opportunities in education, if this is where you're going to stay, that you won't be not stagnant, but like landlocked. Meaning if you're only certified to teach social studies well, in 30 years, you're still going to be teaching social studies. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, I, I started taking these counseling classes and got my master's in counseling, but I loved the classroom. But then an opportunity came and it allowed me to make this professional change. I stayed in education, but in a different role. And then I went back to get my administrative degree. So like, that's the next thing on the horizon for me. But within each phase of teaching and counseling, there have been opportunities. There have been situations where I know that I'm, you know, burned out, you know, with all the signs of like impacting health and, you know, mood and all the things that come with it. Um, but I've been fortunate enough to have these opportunities built in so that I can make these movements within my district or sometimes to another district. I, I tell people all the time right now, I'm a, uh, this is the first year of being an elementary school guidance counselor, and I feel on some levels like a first year teacher again, mm-hmm. but yet with 25 years of confidence behind me. And tools. From and tools, experience. right. But everything, yeah. yeah, but it's new, like learning names, where to park, everything. So all that excitement is still there, but we know what happens over time. It's very quick to slip into that burnout. Yeah. 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 So what would you, Aaron, especially for that, that seven year teacher, you now in it for 31 years, especially with the tools that you have learned and you are now teaching on your podcast and with teacher retreats, what would you say to seven year teacher Aaron? I would say your number one job is to figure out who you are and how you operate and uh, continue to focus on personal growth and personal awareness because all of that is what your kids are going to need you to teach them. Mm -hmm. The content comes, but you know, it's all the social emotional awareness pieces that I think unfortunately education doesn't really do a lot to develop teachers personally. And that's Mm -hmm. the the piece for us that we talk about all the time, we would, that's the paradigm shift. We would love to see um, districts start to embrace that in the same way that they embrace professional development. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all great, but we have to support teachers' emotional states as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know you say on your podcast that you truly believe that that awareness, that that mindfulness starts with, it's an educator focus. Right. Yes. We don't focus yes. on the educators first, which I totally a hands in the air. Amen, sister, because 
we can't take care of our students if we don't take care of our of our teachers first. I, I called it an inward ripple effect. You know, we we take care of you know a principal should be teacher centered so that the teachers can be student centered, and that has sure, always been yeah. something that even as a teacher, I'm thinking I would want my students to feel the way I feel about my administrator. You know, I, I would want my, I want to work for an administrator just like I would want my students to want to work for me. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about your podcast and how this came to be. Uh, I mean, it's been a long, like five year journey for us, I think mm -hmm. in, in just trying to figure out how we could work with teachers without giving up our day job because we both love being in education. Mm -hmm. um, and we started to do, you know, conferences and things like that and workshops with, um, in other school districts. Mm -hmm. Um, but the reality is we didn't have the time during the day, uh, to, because, you know, we were contracted as teachers. Uh -huh. So I don't know, over the summer, I just kept saying how, and the idea was we really just wanted to support teachers with tools that we were kind of learning and, and trying out and the podcast, I'm a talker by nature. Mm -hmm. So I, I think Dave was kind of like, what do you mean we're going to do a podcast? And um, I was like, listen, it would be great if we did it together um, because we come at it in, at such different places and with such different understandings, mm -hmm. um, but both with value, I think. And so that was it. We just decided, let's just, you know, take a run for it and try it. And the feedback has been super positive and, mm -hmm. and just we're loving, we're loving it. Yeah, it's it's yes. it's a relatively new podcast too. You said it's a five year yeah. journey, but you started this past fall, correct? Yes. Well, I think five years ago was when I really started to try to figure out um, what was happening for me in my classroom. I was I, I, you know, that was prior to that. I was at a, a burned out stage, also mm -hmm. another one, mm -hmm. and um, that was another moment of going into my principal's office, and I just said, I, I, "You have to take me out of the classroom." you know, find another spot for me. I can't do it anymore. You know, I just remember looking at him saying, I'm overwhelmed and so much has changed. Kids have changed and I'm having a hard time. Somebody who was able to, to keep a lot of balls in the air, I was really struggling. And um, I always say in my workshops, like, like any good principal, he just listened, did a lot of nodding and then um, said, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Um, so I just started looking, uh, you know, within and trying to figure out so if I'm not leaving the classroom, what am I going to do to change how I show up in my classroom? Yeah. I'm so, so that, yeah. glad that you said that, Erin, because that was going to be my next question. I was going to focus a little bit on this last stint of burnout because yeah. it is really important to start with, you know, it, and if you know the burned in process, B, begin where you are. You know, mm -hmm. who are you? Where did this start? What are your core values? Who are your people? You know, really asking yourself those questions, but then not just sitting on those answers, but doing something and taking action. So when you were going through that burnout, and Dave, I would love your your opinion too on you know your perspective on as she was going through this. What did what kind of conversations did you start to have? Because another step is you know one of the first steps is being vulnerable and talking about it but seeking solutions, not just venting. So what were some of the action steps that you started to take that brought you here five years later? You want me to go or you? Yeah, well, well, I mean, I think that's the idea is that a lot of it is really the conversations we were having on our, <laughs> on our own. Mm -hmm. And the next, they just kind of evolved into this. Dave needed Actually, a little bit of support because yeah. <laughs> he was tired of listening to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and actually sometimes we'll say on some of our episodes, it's like, we're working through stuff sometimes like, 
for the first time together. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's an opportunity for us to like get together and kind of, you know, you're in a different state when you're, when you're on the mic, I always say, mm -hmm. than when you're walking around mm -hmm. off the mic, mm -hmm. but a lot of our conversations are off the mic as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the burned out stage, I think, I mean, I'll let Aaron share a little bit. I, I think it starts as that venting stage, right? Like it's about when everything's wrong and if this would just change, mm -hmm. everything would be better. And it's really easy to get stuck in that. And I know I've been in that spot um, where it's everybody else. Uh, we like the reframe. Yes. You know, she, she yes. vents it and is quick to then take action where mm. I'll be honest, I can get stuck a little bit more in the, in the venting stage <laughs> about it. You know, it's just a little bit easier than to, action's hard. Yes. You know, yeah. anybody can vent, but actually change is hard. Wouldn't you agree that that's why it's easy to just stop there with the venting because it's just easier yes. to just spout off and talk about yes. everything yes. That everybody else is doing wrong. That takes total responsibility off of you, right? I mean, yeah. it's just easier yeah. that way. And when, I mean, and Jeff and I are both educators. So my husband's a principal, an oh. elementary school principal. And we actually oh, taught, and this was both wonderful and horrible at the same time. We actually used to teach in the exact mm -hmm. same building. So you can imagine. Oh, us too. <laughs> are you really? So you can relate to this that yeah. there a lot of non-constructive conversations that we would have at home. Yes. That. Yes. But, you yes. Know, it's really easy to slip into the. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um, one of the best things for our relationship was whenever he became an assistant principal at another school and yeah, we had yeah. that, we had that disconnect. We had those, yeah, you know, that yeah. space between us, which was just really good because we knew each other's business all the time. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. that's, you know, that's sometimes nice because you know who you're talking about, but then it's, you're talking about stuff. Yeah. And misery loves company. And I think oh, that, yeah. you know, energy is contagious, both yeah. positive and negative. And I think that's one of the things that I, we all know as teachers, if you sit around with a bunch of teachers, you're not typically talking about all the amazing things. No. It's usually a venting session, you know, right. because we don't speak to adults all that much. So when we get together, it makes sense that that would be the first place we'd go. But then unfortunately, that energy just grows and grows yeah. and grows. Mm -hmm. So that's just another awareness, I think. So I think this is the perfect time then to transition into what it is that you two, those, those tools you keep bringing up. What are some tools that you would like to share with the burned in teacher listeners today as far as bringing more self-awareness and mindful awareness to their practice, especially if they're struggling with burnout now or they want to look for the signs in the future and do something about it? You know, I think there's so many. And I think uh, I was saying to you earlier that, you know, mindfulness is a huge buzzword, which we all know this, but there is this this connection to mindfulness that people believe is only meditation, breath, or yoga. And while those are mindful practices, mindfulness is a philosophy in its way of being. And I think that what we're trying to bring about is, a, is a, just like a tail end of that definition of just bringing about a mindful awareness. And you don't have to breathe and you don't have to do meditation to get a little bit more aware, but you do have to have moments of being with yourself. And I think that, you know, something I was saying on this weekend uh, on the teacher retreat was that you can't get to know yourself if you're never with yourself. And we live in a society where in 2020, we're never with ourselves because we're busy, we're on our phones, we're working, we're, all the things. But, um, and you don't have to call that, 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 that 
that quiet stillness meditation, you can. You can call it a nut. You can call it walking if you want. You can call it needlepoint. You can call it a million things. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's the piece. I would say uh, one of the biggest tools is to try to get to know who you are and be reflective of who you are. Yeah. Dave, did you have something you wanted to add to that? Well, yeah. And well, I was going to say to for me to to take it even to like a like a concrete tool like. Like for me, have I tried yoga? Yes. Have I gone with my wife numerous times? Yes. Do, did I see the benefits of it? Yes. But it's one of those things that I had a little bit harder time sustaining. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I guess like anything, I could do it on my own, but it's always easier to go to a class, but you get the point. Mm -hmm. But the thing that that's really stuck with me and it ties to what Aaron's talking about with um, like sitting with yourself is a, a practice of journaling. Uh, mm -hmm. I've really been using that. It's like a morning journal. Ask you about that. Um, not in the form of a diary, but yeah. And, and, and it's, we use this word a lot, doing things with intention. So as a teacher, it's so easy to follow the same lesson plans you did from last year or do the, okay. yeah, exactly. Autopilot the way that it, you know, the, the district might say you have to do this lesson on this day, but it's really to do everything and I do that through the journals with intention, right? So why are you doing this? Um, give yourself an intention to connect with a student, like to do these little things where you're... Um, so you're bringing a mindful awareness through your journal, right? Yeah. I feel like that's so doing the things that you need to do without being on mm. autopilot, you know, and by yeah. writing it down, it's this gentle reminder every day that, you know, this is something that's important and it's something I'm going to do. And I was a huge journaler. If you ever told me two I years know, ago that my husband would journal, I would have said, there's no way. <laughs> so if you told me he'd watch sports, I'd say yes. Yeah. Journal, no. <laughs> so two things that I, that I'm, that you're, what you have said makes me think about is, um, have you ever read the book, uh, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Amy Morin? No. It's a no, fantastic book. And really? uh, the 13th thing is that, Mentally strong people are not afraid to be alone with themselves mm -hmm. in whatever form that is. And I think mm -hmm. like what you said, you know, just like burnout has a negative stigma, there's this stigma that like mindfulness is like, like you said, like a, mm -hmm. like a buzzword and it's woo woo. And you got to sit with like your legs that. crossed, you're you got to, you know, calm, right. yeah, it could be going for a walk and leaving your phone at home and just yeah. Yeah. trying to listen for sounds, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just paying attention to where you are in the moment, no matter what you did. I mean, I love how you even said a needlepoint. I mean, my grandma used to crochet and yeah. you know, that was her mindfulness practice yeah. you know, or, or it's praying for some people or yes. journaling yes. for some people. And the other yes. thing, Dave, you shared that yes. you're, I'm not a, I am not a uh, natural journaler myself. It's hard for me to sit and write, <laughs> yeah. but I love the way that you're doing it. And I know exactly what you're talking about. You're following Rachel Hollis's um, yes. method, yeah. which simpl yeah. simplifies it so much. So for those listeners out there that are going, I hate journaling. I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to, you know, feel like I have to write a story every day. You know, that's how I used to feel journaling had to be. It had to be like, yeah. dear diary, today I'm feeling, yeah. that, you know, yeah. and that doesn't, that's not how it has to be. So Dave, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Can you just explain how simple it is that, that it is for you to journal? I mean, even though it might be difficult because it's intentional and that's the hard stuff, but what does it look like for you to journal? Um, so the I, I break it down. The first part is I, I list five. It's it's consistent every day. It's mm -hmm. I, I and it, this is Rachel Hollis's, right? That's yeah. The one you're doing? Yeah. So it can vary every day, you know. And you you just always trying to start your day with just being grateful for something. Uh, it could be the simplest thing. 
And then the next I list 10 statements in the form of like, I am like they've already happened. Um, which Erin is a little ahead of me. She's done this one too a little bit. Sometimes she'll yell out, guess what I did? I crossed one of the things off my list. You know, like she, yeah. she reaches some of those, I guess they're goals on some level, but. But you're they, stating them as if they already have happened. Right. And sometimes they are professional goals. Like, you know, I am a school principal and other times they're really as simple as I am kind and patient with my children, you mm -hmm. know, like, so that's my reminder. And, and, and it helps when you come through the door at the end of a day to you'd be surprised that that journaling really you know just when you're about to get triggered somehow right. by writing that every day you're like no I'm, I'm patient and i'm kind with my kids right you know? yeah. well we know our brain i mean there's so much now that we know with neuroplasticity that the more you're repeating phrases or or thinking in certain ways the more you're growing those pathways and right. i think that's change yeah brain. that's yeah. the whole science behind all of that yeah some people call it manifesting and um, there's another yes. term yep. for it, um, auto-suggestion. And now it's called manifesting. Like, like your phone. Yeah. Right? That auto-suggests or auto-corrects. Yes. I yeah. love that idea. That's yep. great. I love that idea. Yeah. So I start the journal uh, with five things that I'm grateful for. Great. And those five things can change every, every day. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be the simplest thing uh, to something really large. But it's, it's just a nice way to start your day with these positive thoughts. And then the second part is I list 10 things um, in the forms of like I am statements so that mm -hmm. they're things that I, um, sometimes they're goals or sometimes they're just behaviors that I, I you want to remind yourself, want to remind yeah. myself to become a part of my life. And it, it can be simple as I will um, read for 30 minutes. No, before now I bed. I I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, sometimes I even say I've read for. Yeah, uh, yeah. I put um, one with my children is I'll, I'll say I am kind and patient with my children, which is always a gentle reminder when I come <laughs> through the door, you know, because it's ingrained in my mind a little bit um, and, and statements like that. But one of the things that I really also enjoy, it's kind of like a, a secondary game by it is I've, I've created a time where I now go to work a little bit earlier and before anyone comes through really the school building, I have this called stillness quiet time um where it's just me and my thoughts and really a quiet room mm -hmm. uh, i wish it was forever but it's really only for about 10 minutes but it's really impactful to start i found that starting my day by myself in quiet and writing these things down has like really made my day that's the tone yeah it sets the tone and, and, and i can kind of take on anything yeah, that's fantastic. So speaking of setting the tone for your day, I have two more questions. Mm -hmm. um, one of them has to do with your day-to-day, -day, how you balance all of these things that you're doing. I'm personally curious about that. And the second thing that I'd like hard. to ask you, oh my goodness, you've got to have such a fantastic <laughs> system because uh, to do all of these things, you know, to be a mom, to be, or to be parents, to be, um, to be partners, to be podcasters, to be presenters, you know, all of the, and teachers, you know, and counselors. Um, tell me a little bit about how you manage all of this. Do you have a system that you, that you go by all of the, you know, every day and how do you check in with each other to make sure that you are, um, not overwhelming yourself? Well, I wouldn't say we've got that one down yet. I mean, we're working on it where uh, I would say this year has been a huge growing year for both of us. You know, Dave started the new position and mm -hmm. the podcast. And, and to, 
as you were mentioning earlier with your husband, now we're that we're in separate buildings. Now we know what it's like for people. Who, like there's more to talk about now. Yeah, almost because yeah. I don't know anything, so that you could you could have more to share, right? And there's less time sometimes to connect during the day, yes. for like a quick minute. We literally don't see each other right. from you know right. eight to five anymore. But mm -hmm. I I feel like our systems really are. We just keep well. We we spent a lot of time this year doing a lot walking and talking and then that was kind of the precursor to some things that we wanted to discuss on the podcast mm -hmm. so we'd walk and talk and we were like you know one of our podcasts was like it was called the school slump and that really came from we were walking and I was saying I just don't feel like I have anything in me right now and I and, and you kept saying well let's let's talk about that because there's probably other people that feel the same way and like what are you going to do to get out of it and how can you you know reframe it so We've been trying to use just those small amounts of time to reconnect. Mm -hmm. um, and then just a lot of reflection. I'm a big fan of reflection. <laughs> Dave yeah. will tell oh, you. Yes. Uh, okay. Looking back. And just, you know, every couple of weeks, just reflecting on trying a new system the following week. We've tried a lot of different We've things. We've tried a lot of systems. Yeah. Yeah, like we haven't really figured out exactly because, you know, you know with, with life and everything, it all changes. Yeah. You know, every week is very different. Mm -hmm. um, but just we were just trying to be very intentional about our time. Right, I would say. Yep, and I think it's, we try to communicate on a more regular basis, meaning like, um, especially before we go to bed, like yes. it's just like, re let's reflect on the day and then <laughs> let's just make sure everything's in place for, for tomorrow. Right, yeah. You know, and sometimes we're living, you know, like all- Day to day, day to 24 day. hours in advance. And then other times we're you know, setting those long-term goals yeah. as well. But having frequent check-ins is, is helpful. Well, I think you two would probably agree with me that this whole work-life balance is kind of, there's even a book been written about it called Balance is BS, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it really is what needs the most attention and I'm going to yes. give it the attention that it deserves and then mm -hmm. I'll be able to pull back and give more attention to this other thing yes. that, that needs yes. my attention as well. So tell us also, you know, how, speaking of balancing all these things, you two just led your first retreat for educators. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about it. I've seen the images on Instagram. It looked like such a fantastically well-planned weekend away, but it also looked like you just filled the cups of so many educators. Oh, it was, uh, I mean, in, the idea was we were both going to be there. Um, but what happened was we, that we filled up so quickly, which felt so, we felt so blessed, but it was all females. Mm -hmm. And so we decided that it would make more sense for Dave to stay home and man the fort at home. <laughs> um, and then you wanted to come and you were like, let me just be the, the lackey, the one that's running things around, you know, yeah. um, not, not for any particular reason, but at that moment, at that one, it just made sense to do it like that. Um, but it was, when I tell you, Amber, it was like blew my mind that, well, the collective idea that when you bring educators together, they just want to connect. And I was, I did, I underestimated the power of connection. Um, I knew, of course, they would love the space. We were out in the Hamptons at a beautiful home and there was a yoga studio on property. And I, and I knew that we had planned a lot of great things for the weekend, but I, it was almost like not needed because these women from 27 to 55 just bonded in a way that I like just could not have imagined. So I was I felt so fortunate, and uh, and then a big a great weekend. And we just booked our the time for October. We're going to do another one in October, so we'll be putting that out um, soon, advertising that soon. But 
it just was awesome. And people were leaving feeling cared for, which was my number one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted teachers to feel cared for because that's the thing that I think is missing in education. Oh my gosh. And it's so funny. So for a second there, while you were talking about, they just want connection. I felt like I was listening to Brene Brown talk oh, yeah. <laughs> because true. we just want, we just want empathy. We just want that connection. We just want people to listen. And even if they don't completely okay. understand where we're coming from, that they say, I hear you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, mm-hmm. that's why I started this podcast is because I wanted to flip the conversation. I wanted to say, you are heard and burnout doesn't yes. have to be something that you're ashamed of. You can talk about it, but we mm-hmm. have to talk about it in a proactive way. You know, this is what I'm struggling with. Right. What right. are my you next steps? Well. Yeah. yeah. And that's what really drew me to you two and your podcast because you're offering the tools, you know, you're offering and yes. free tools. It's just you. It's talking about yourself, right. your own awareness yeah. um, of how you're feeling and yeah. paying respect to it instead of being like, ah, I don't have time to feel this way or I don't have time to pay attention to this mm-hmm. because it's going to rear its ugly head sometime. And mm-hmm. let me tell you from experience, mm-hmm. you keep shoving down those feelings that you're having. You're going to do and yes. say things in a very public way that are, that are not Proactive, it's not, not helpful. Serve you. It's not going to serve you. Yeah, and then you'll feel yeah. shame and all the guilt oh, and everything. Yeah. Embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that was one thing I felt like I was noticing a lot this weekend because you know when you put a lot of women educators in one place, I was hearing a lot of like, well, I'm not sure if this is right, but this is how I feel, and I'm not sure if this is right, but this is how I feel, and this one might think I'm wrong. And at one point, I I, I chimed into the conversation and I said, you know, I would love to to rethink that feelings don't have, they're not right or wrong. They are. And we're here to just listen to how you feel. They just are. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we, we, we've been doing a lot of um, studying and learning about um, emotions through Mark Brackett's work. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He wrote uh, permission to feel. Yes. yes. Okay. So check him out. He's going to be on our podcast actually. Oh my gosh. That's a teaser, but um, fantastic. He's done a lot of work at Yale uh, in the area of emotional uh, intelligence and awareness. And I think for teachers, you know, to understand that themselves before they even begin to try to bring it to the classroom is, is so valuable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what you're talking about is what's called committed impulse. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. that there are no bad feelings. There are no good feelings. Mm -hmm. They just, Mm -hmm. you're just feeling. They are. You know, it's It's what you do with the feeling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes fear, I mean, fear, for example, could be looked at as a bad feeling, but it can actually be really good. I mean, fear is innate in us because it keeps us safe. Yeah. You know? so yeah, for sure. Thing, you know, so it's just, yeah. and, again, and anger can be good too, because anger could motivate you. I mean, there's a lot of, it's, it's just, but I, I think it's interesting. And I guess I just didn't notice it because I've never been around, you know, that many people talking about kind of some deeper things that we, they were all trying to figure out what was right and what was wrong. And I said, you know, as teachers, I feel like our brains are so tied into assessing that we look at things as right or wrong all the time. Yeah. And they're just sometimes not, they just are. Yeah. And that acceptance, I think, brings so much freedom on the other side mm-hmm. if we can just wrap our brain around it. I love it so much. I cannot wait to see where this retreat goes, you know, in October. Oh, I'm sure it's going to continue. You have to come out. 
I, I might <laughs> keep me posted. I will. I'm not I will. kidding. <laughs> I will. I'm All not right. kidding either. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So as we wrap up, here, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners of the podcast today? I just always want to leave. Do you want to go? Mm-hmm. I hate jumping in on him. Sometimes I feel like I do a lot because I, I get passionate, but I just, the, the phrase that comes up a lot that I just want to keep reminding people is you cannot teach what you don't practice. Mm-hmm. And if we're not practicing our own emotional regulations, our own managing of our own relationships, our own self-awareness, we cannot possibly teach it to kids. So I, I like to think of that as like a relieving a little bit of pressure. Um, take the, the, the focus off of your students and put it on yourself. And I, I think that's the best thing that we can do for, for ourselves and for our classrooms. Um, so keep thinking that you can't teach what you don't practice. Mm -hmm. So turn inward. And I think the only piece that I would add to that is, I I think probably to, um, I guess, echo what you're, you know, the message you're sharing through your podcast is, you know, burnout's real, right? It it is real. I mean, we see it um, in other people much easier than we see it in ourselves. But um, just like with emotions, you know, if you, if you feel it and you can be aware and recognize it, I think what we're all saying Go here through is your that, steps. that you can, yeah. you, there are steps and there's tools and there's ways to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no shame that it's real, mm-hmm. right? And just right. accept it, feel it, be with it. And then what are you going to do with it? Right? Yeah. And, yeah. And there's a lot of positive things you can do to work your way out of it. I'm really glad that you said that, Dave, because the more, the longer I've been having these conversations and, you know, this, gosh, this is probably the 70th conversation I've had um, for the podcast. The more I'm realizing that burnout, we could actually reframe what the meaning of burnout is. It, you know, has this negative connotation, but burnout really has an opportunity to be a very positive experience. If you do something with it, it's, it's a call for change. It's a call for action. It's, it is your emotions arising in you saying, I'm ready to grow in some way. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think this weekend, we, we were calling yes. it our March revival because it was the retreat was in March. And I just think that there's that that's exactly what you just said. There, it's a time for, you know, there are times in your life, we all have seasons where it's time to re, you know, to have a rebirth. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we're not really taught that that's okay. Yeah. Um, or a pivot, you know, we talk yeah. a lot about the power and the pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just think, you know, all of this awareness, everything that you're doing, the, just the conversations at elevating people to be like, oh yeah, there is, I have choice over this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love the idea of not shaming people for feeling what they're feeling because that's the way they feel. Yeah. But just getting curious about it and then moving through it. Oh, love it so much. So how can oh, people, I am so excited to share if, if <sighs> listeners haven't heard of your podcast before. Helping them to find you because I just, number one, I feel like your conversations are so light and so fun, but you're also addressing (laughs) some some very, very uh, strong and needed topics um, with building, you you know, building this conversation around awareness, self-awareness and mindfulness. So tell people where they can find you, please. Um, I would say best place to find us would be at, uh, on Instagram at the mindful educators. Um, we are also on Twitter at the whole learner, which is a different handle. I know, but it's hard to switch things over. Um, and that was kind of the, the place I was going initially. I thought, you know, my focus was always going to be on kids, 
mm-hmm. um, which it, it is. But then the more I, I worked and, uh, with, with teachers every now and again, I thought, you know what, I can hit a broader amount of children if I'm focused on the teacher. Mm-hmm. So um, those two places, but I would say Instagram uh, would be the number one. Great. Well, thank you too so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. And thank oh, you for thank all you. the work you're doing too. Thank you. And you too. And my gosh, you too. Let me know if you ever have any questions about podcasting or, or anything like that. But man, you two, are, you two are go-getters. And I'm, I am so excited oh, to send people your way. And you two are just, I, I don't know how you do it all. Because I, I ultimately had to make a decision between whether or not I was going to be able to do this and teaching and be a mom and all the things. And I just, I really admire you two for, for doing all of those things. Thank you. Well, we we don't do it well all the time. (laughs) Well, nobody does anything perfectly well. No one does. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. All right. Well, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. It was such a pleasure. Thanks again. All right. And we'll connect again. Sounds great. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.